All right, what's going on, everybody? I think we're live now. Time for another live stream. Something weird just happened on my end. I hope you guys are getting me. All right, JC says I'm on, so glad to have you here. I'm trying a couple of new things today, but I'll get to that. But first, let me say uh, hello. How's it going? It's still a hot day today. It's supposed to be like raining by now, but there's like hardly a cloud in the sky. It's a beautiful, warm, hot day here in New Vienna, Iowa, 3 p.m., uh, August 28th. 2020 almost nearing the end of the month almost nearing labor day we're getting close um i don't know close to what but seasons are a changing i guess uh let's see who's here we <clears throat> so uh yeah uh got a little bit of a wine versus beer discussion happening in the chat today i think that's pretty cool i think we could kind of talk about that a little bit more today but i think it was started by who started it I think it was Chris Yao uh, started it. Um, very cool. Um, but, you know, lots of people are getting in on the conversation. We got Frank LaHoulier here, JC, Terrence Huey, Albert Lung, Chris McLean. He says, happy Friday, everyone. Confined to the treadmill tonight. Torrential rain all day here in the UK. So it's not a beautiful day everywhere. Um, today, what I'm doing is I'm listening to the, the feed that you guys are hearing. So uh, I'm going to try to do a little bit better, make a, another effort to make the sound better on these uh, podcasts and on these live streams. First thing that comes to mind is that uh, I'm hearing a lot of the sound of the fan of this laptop. Because whenever like it starts streaming, the fan starts spinning up real hard, and I'm hearing that. But hopefully you guys are hearing me a little bit louder than normally today. Hopefully the audio isn't clipping too bad. Let me know if it is. Because uh, I'll try to tinker around with that. Derek Dixon says, feed sounds good, Co. So thank you. Um, I just, I was listening to it today because I used a clip from the live stream in the video today. And I was like, whoa, the volume's really low. And I've listened to it before and I know it's low, but I'm just trying, like, I'm looking at the waveforms and trying to get the waveforms to, like, fit with not, and not clip. But that ends up with, like, low volume. So I'm not really sure how to fix that. I'm not a sound engineer. I think you guys have realized that already. <laughs> Um, I think we had an SL20 reference earlier. Where, where did it go? I mean, you guys have been talking about the SL20s a lot today, but I think the first person was someone talking about the uh, Kofuzi colorway. I think it's funny when you guys call shoes that. Um, but the version that I have, which is like the one that looks like you kicked a paint bucket with your, um, with your shoes. Let's see, where'd it go? Mm, it was, uh, oh yeah chris dyke says first run in my new sl20s today let's get the word of the day sound in there he said in his new sl20s and i can confirm they are just as fast and awesome as my originals and he had original ones he had a different pair with the seth colorway what was the seth color what what did he have i don't remember do you have he had the blue ones right hmm. um he does like he does like blue shoes i think though does he like blue shoes he referred to his beacons as his baby blues those are the only blue shoes that i ever really remember him talking about um but yeah some discussions about the sl20 today and then someone else was saying um that where did that go and go something about adidas they should have like a buy one get one free i mean they're basically selling it pretty close to bogo so i feel like yeah wrote in review says adidas should do a buy one sl20 at regular price get a second pair free i mean that would move, I mean, if their goal is to move more inventory, they would certainly move more inventory that way, for sure. Um, yeah. Spence Ohm says uh, he's getting close to tolerable weather where he is. Well, good. Hopefully it cools down for you a little bit more. 
Uh, and Jeff Elliott says, I don't know, but I am in North Carolina, and there's lots of wicked weed stuff all over. Hmm. Um, Andrew Kish said, went with Abomination Brewery today for all the New Jersey East Coast people. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. When I lived in New Jersey, I lived in New Jersey for the years where I was not of the age to drink. So, like, my knowledge and familiarity with, like, drinking in New Jersey is a little bit different. It's more of, like, recollections than it is experiences. Except for the handful of the times when I've gone out, like, gone out drinking in New Jersey. And what's weird is that, like, the um, liquor stores close really early. And so, like, you have to plan ahead if you're going to be doing any drinking at home a little bit. Have they changed that yet? Is that Or is that still the case? Um, packaged goods is, like, a very common thing or was a common thing. The last, I mean, that's just goes, goes to show the last time I went out uh, on a night on the town in New Jersey. But, uh, yeah. So, and then also the rules uh, restricting or against microbreweries was still very stringent in um, in New Jersey at the time. I know I, since then, like, I think the entire nation has gone through, like, a, a renaissance and like a, basically a lifting of liquor laws to enable more microbreweries. And I think it's been fantastic for local economies, uh, for local pride and morale. I think it's been great on a lot of levels. And uh, so I don't have a lot of experience with New Jersey local brews. That's something that I would like to, to fix. Um, Steve says, hi, everyone. Had a rubbish afternoon, but a lovely run. Well, it's like a, it's a draw then. <laughs> uh, Bert Leguess says, third time in my life I had to go into the bushes, but this time... Frigging nettles. <laughs> Sorry about that, Bert. <laughs> oh, awesome. He says there's no no corn in the neighborhood, just nettles. He feels so bad. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Bad something else. Uh, very cool. Uh, I hope you're all right. I hope you're all right. I think, I think it'll be okay. Although nettles are, nettles are no joke. It seems like it's like one of those things that sounds oh, quaint, but it uh, doesn't accurately reflect just how like unpleasant they can be. One of those two um, things. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, Andrew Kish says, where in New Jersey were you originally from? We moved around quite of all, a, a lot. I would say, like, I am from that mythical part of New Jersey called Central Jersey. Uh, I know people don't like to think that there's a such thing as Central Jersey. There's either Northern Jersey or Southern Jersey. But I spent time uh in like middlesex county that area in the area near rutgers for a lot of my early years then uh we went down to um uh, monmouth county down there down by the jersey shore very close to sandy hook red bank that area uh, i lived in Eatontown for a long time or what felt like a long time uh, i really enjoyed it there and then uh we moved then to the west side of the state basically like not due west but like northwest a little bit to Hunterdon County, uh, known for being on the way, if you're in New York, on the way to Hershey Park. That's pretty much all I was known for. Um, yeah, so those are kind of the three places. Then my parents uh, and my and moved with my sister after I had left the house uh, to Bergen County. And they lived there for a long time, and uh, my parents are back there now. They left for a little while, and then they came back. So that's kind of, I've had like, that's my New Jersey sample. Uh, mostly like northernish Jersey, I would say. So yeah. Uh, Rainwater says I grew up in Highland Park, right across the river from New Run Brunswick and Rutgers. Awesome, very cool, very cool. It um it very much looks exactly like when I've gone back. It looks very much almost exactly the same as I remember it. In other words, there's never a direct road to anywhere. You have to get on a giant highway that seems to be cut through like the middle. Sorry, my phone ran. Um, 
that seems to be cut. I, and I'm wearing two watches now, so like I like anytime a notification comes in, I get double notification. But um, but it, it's uh, New Jersey. It's like there's never like a street that can take you. Like it's never like go uh, go down this road for you know ten minutes, make a right, and then make a left, and then it's like the third door on the right. It's uh, take two seventy five. Then you're gonna do the roundabout and loop, and then you're gonna double back, and then take the clover leaf exit, and then you're gonna jump over the highway, and then you're gonna cut through 17 different little neighborhoods that don't look like you really should be driving through them because it's so like residential and it's like 15 mile per hour speed limit, but that's the most direct way, and then you'll find it. But that's where if you go that way, you'll end up in the back, so you just gotta loop around to get to the front. Like that's that's my like recollection of driving New Jersey and like that part of New Jersey, I was in Princeton for work a little while ago and it still looks exactly the same, but you know, there's just now these days, everyone just drives 20 miles per hour faster than I remember. So, um, yeah. So Rainbow says the old New Jersey jug, which exit are you on the freeway? I mean, we were, we lived like, uh, where we were in Monmouth County. I forget, I forget the numbers, but we lived near both the parkway and the turnpike. So like depending on which I was like which way are you coming down was the was the like, like the preamble to the answer I had to figure that out first. Um, yeah, recycle on Wednesday says wait you won't say that word for bum but you're okay with wanker rules about swear swearing are so weird yeah in in the U S like uh, that wanker is not a weird uh, not a bad word so uh, like there used to be a show on Comedy Central called uh, was it crank oh, it was crank yankers though. But like wanker, I don't think is a, a bad word in the U.S. as far as I can tell. So, yeah. Um, Andrew Kish says, haha, yup, grew up in Essex, now in Morris County. Yeah, you know. Uh, Chris Yow says, New Jersey estate I've never been to. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Jeff Valley says, I've been to Cape May, but that's really it. It's one of the more beautiful parts of the state. Uh, I really like it down there. I remember I was watching the news like earlier this summer when like a big storm came through and they were like reporting from Cape May. And uh, I was like telling my mother-in-law and I were watching TV. I was like, oh yeah, hey, we used to vacation there sometimes. But it was really far because Cape May is all the way, it's like a peninsula all the way at the bottom of the state. And, uh, you know, by the, you'd have to pass like, Ocean City and Long Beach Island and lots of other really fun places in uh, in New Jersey to get there. So I was like, well, why would I go all the way down there when there's lots of good stuff like en route? So that's that's kind of my experience with like the Jersey Shores, is those areas that were a little bit further south of where we live. But I mean, we were about 15 minutes from like a beach, but the really nice beaches like the boardwalks and like the beachy towns, those were like about an hour and a half, maybe two hours away, something like that. Um, Andrew Kish says running on the streets in New Jersey is like playing Frogger. I mean, like, uh, like I think in like subdivision and like suburban streets, it's one thing, but like, you know, some of those other streets I was talking about, like when you're cutting through, um, you can't run on those cause there's a big cement divider median in the middle. So you can c go across those, but, um, yeah, New, I mean, New, New Jersey, like on a mac macro and on a micro level is, uh, you know, has that, uh, close to everything near nothing kind of thing where it's like. You know, on the macro level, you've got oceans, you've got mountains, you've got cities, you've got rural areas, like all close. But you're never in any one of those, rarely. You're just like in like some weird sprawling subdivision. And then on the micro level too, it's like, I want to go to like the convenience store over there. But I can't walk there because it's far too dangerous because there's too many busy streets. But to drive there, I got to first drive 15 minutes that way. So that way I can get onto the right side of the highway to get onto there. 
And so you'll see lots of like the same thing on like very close to each other, just on different sides of the highway for that reason. So, I mean, maybe I'm very cynical because I hate driving and New Jersey life in, uh, requires a lot of driving and I just don't have the patience for it. I, I mean, remember I get lost really easily. So, yeah. Uh, Rain Runner remembers the cross country meets at Homedale Park. Oh, yeah. Those, those, I mean, that's the only course that I remember. I ran it recently. Well, recently, like two years ago in the ride iso twos or maybe it was a ride iso ones um but yeah running that bowl is no joke you remember that the the bowl at the the, the course in in uh homedale park is uh this giant like uh, it's kind of like a it looks a little bit like a thermometer or like a big bulb at one point where you go down and then it's a gentle sweeping downhill for a really long time and then you come back up out it really super steep and then you make a left, and then you go even more, and it's still super steep. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's like a tongue twister. Still super steep. And, uh, and like, I just remember they would park a, an ambulance at the top of the, of the hill at the bowl because they were like, people aren't going to make it. You know, they're, I mean, they're making it, but, you know, it's like these high school kids that are just racing as hard as they can. And so that, that was a really fun course. They've uh, made certain parts of it wider, it seems like, so think that it wouldn't be quite as intense i remember it being a really aggressive race too because there's some parts where you're running through the paths in the woods and there's just trees that like are just you know trees they're immovable so like you got to get you get pinched in pretty good but it's still a really fun course uh let's see Uh, Corey Allen says, anxiously awaiting a Polar Vantage M and OH1. My second time buying this setup. I tried going back to Garmin with the venue, but I'm going back to Polar for the data and stable HR. Well, that's cool. That's cool. I really do like the OH1. Uh, I've been using the H9 a lot lately, because just in the summertime, I prefer having the chest strap on. Although it gives a very strange tan line, but uh, overall, I still do like having the chest strap in the summer. Because I just, it starts to slide on me when it's on my forearm. I think that I just sweat a lot and there's not a lot for stuff to grip on. I think I have kind of like pencil arms, I guess. So a watch or a wristband, anything up in my arm always slides down towards the wrist when I get really sweaty. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, Corey Allen says, any teaser on your first day with the Coros Apex? First impression, or do we have to wait for the full review? No, I'm going to do a full, I'm going to do a very, very preliminary first video tomorrow. And like so far, I'll say that it's really light and the data is pretty good. So um, I'm impressed with it, especially at the price point. The Apex, I think, was 250 something like that. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of times what happens with watches is they don't really like revamp the entire line at once, it seems. It's like one... So like you'll have like three or four tiers. One will get like upgraded and then it kind of throws off the balance of the rest of the tiers and price points. So I think the Pace 2 is probably a better buy today than the Apex. But there are some things that I think that, I mean, you may want. Uh, it's going to be very subjective, but in terms of things that you might want to have in a watch, uh, it could be better. But in terms of like metrics and like, you know, sensors and things like that, I think the Pace 2 is probably the better buy. But yeah. <laughs> pencil arms and melon head yeah i mean yeah, basically when i when i used to ride motorcycles i would joke that i look like a toothpick with a olive on top because i would have black everything and i had a big giant black helmet so um yeah so that, that was my look that was my look awesome 
Um, yeah, Jeff Elliott says 250 is great for a nicely featured watch. It's amazing. And I mean, I've, I've only had it, I've only started wearing it like a, uh, like now 24 hours ago, basically. So I haven't had a chance to test the battery life. But if the battery life is as epic as I say, um, it's going to be pretty crazy. Because then, like, if the real life usage matches up anywhere near the paper specs, I'd only have to charge this thing like once every three weeks, which is crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Jeff Elliott says, I think that's how much I paid for the Garmin 245. I think that's about right. Um, yeah. Frank LaHuller says the Apex has maps, which is cool. I'll have to check. I'll have to double check on that. I didn't use any maps or navigation today. Today's run was just about comparing. So I compared it against the grit, the grit X, which is an admittedly unfair battle, especially because I'm taking a $250 watch and comparing it against a $400 watch with a $220 foot pod and a $50 external heart rate monitor. So it's like definitely very different. But um, I kind of use that as baseline in terms of like this is what I consider like using pretty much not any GPS watch, but using a GPS watch that can very, you know, syncs that works well with external sensors. You're getting pretty accurate data. That's what I think. Uh, so that's like my baseline for it. But I think the Corvus Apex did pretty good. Really good. Except for the heart rate, which is what I would expect. Uh, Jesse Goldstein says, what is your opinion of the durability of power and PB? You know, I don't know. I have it in the the longest mileage that I have is only 70 miles in the endorphin speed. I think FOD runner, Andy's got over 100 in his. So he might have a better idea of the durability of power and PB. I would expect that it's going to be pretty high. Um, based on kind of what I'm seeing so far and everything that I'm hearing, I'm not hearing that it's like, yeah, it's great, but you're only going to get a couple of races out of them. I don't think anyone's been saying that. Granted, not a lot of people have been racing, so it may not be something that's just come up yet, but I think it's going to be much more durable than Zumex, for, for example. Uh, Bert Leguess says, I'm pretty happy with my new Garmin 4Runner 735XT. GPS is spot on. Not missing my Apple Watch at the moment. However, the Garmin needs a custom data field screen to see what I want in one glass. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, you know, I take that as a given that like any watch will need to be have customized like data fields during the activities to show you what you, you really want to see. And I think that I don't have a problem with that um, because like the default screens that came with the Coros were n not a lot of them were very usable. I think that they were a great uh, example, great at showing examples of the kind of data fields that a person could configure. And I very quickly did that. Um, Jody Run says, I thought the Coros was an American brand. I've seen some negative feedback saying it's just a Garmin ripoff. Any, is there any truth to that? You know, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, you know, I got the sense that they were a Chinese-owned company. I, I, that, that was the impression I had. So that's a surprise to me. Um, I mean, I would imagine and hope. I think that, like, they, not hope, but necessarily. Well, I mean, I would hope. I like American companies. But, I mean, not every company could be an American company. That's okay uh be, you know being from america but uh i i just i don't know i just thought that it was maybe had american leadership for the u.s portion of its business but i thought it was chinese owned that was my understanding um clark kent says hey kofuzi i ordered the one with the pink fade transition to white from ideas ultra boost what's your opinion on guys wearing slightly pinked colored running shoes i think it's awesome pink is a power color so uh, I think it's great. 
Uh, I ran the Chicago Marathon 2019 in pink shoes, as did a lot of other people. But yeah, I mean, pink pink is... I don't have a problem with it. Um, yeah, Corey Allen says, Coros is designed in California, and the president runs with Flores from Extra Milest. I didn't know that. However, they have a lean software based uh, out of China. Okay. All right. Interesting. Uh, hmm. Luis Ribeiro says he's watching from Brazil. Awesome. That's very cool. Thanks for watching. Good to have you here, Luis. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, Chris Dyke says, uh, I was curious about the Hyperion Elite 2, Elite 2, and I watched your vid on the first edition today. 250 for a shoe that lasts 50 to 100 miles. Yikes. Yeah. You know what I saw yesterday? I mean, I thought that I was the only one that was giving Brooks a really hard time about the Hyperion Elite 1, and um, I've, I kind of started feeling bad about it because I was kind of ripping on him. Not only because the shoe is a strange choice in terms of execution, but also the way that the shoe was launched from like a marketing operational perspective, I thought it was really problematic. And then uh, yesterday on the, I don't know if you guys saw Believe in the Run's Instagram story, they literally said, I mean, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they really did, but they set a, they made it at least look like they put a pair of Hyperion Elites 1 in a box, poured lighter fluid on it, set it on fire on a grill, closed the lid, and then like opened it up, and it was like, like a phoenix out of the ashes, and they pulled um, a Hyperion Elite 2 out of it. So I'm like, I, I didn't go so far as to at least, I mean, even pretend that I would burn mine. I haven't run in them after that first time, but I, you know, so I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the only one that didn't like them. <laughs> so hmm. Fury says do you use a flip belt I'm thinking about getting one to hold my phone I do use a flip belt it's probably my most frequently used running accessory um, because I have a flip belt water bottle that I picked up at uh, a run like a race expo I think race expos are a great place to get little weird accessories like that. Stuff that's going to cost like full price um, on Amazon because it's a very obscure product that doesn't like go bad. That's not like a food product. And then, but like people, when they go to these race expos, like the little, ven not the little, but the vendors that are like more independent, or maybe that's all they do is go to race expos, you know, they need to move product. And so like they, um, they want to sell stuff. And so I got one for like under 10 bucks. And um, it's my favorite bottle because I, it can handle most of my runs. Because I'm, I'm not frequently going for a run where I need an entire race vest or like a, like a hydration bladder. So um, have, having the flip belt with the flip belt water bottle is really, really handy. And yeah, I mean, you could put lots of things. In. You don't have to put a water bottle in it. You could put phone and gels. It's got a little like clippy thing so you can put your keys on it if you need to so it's a lot of, very 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 useful uh Corian says hey co they are headquartered in california and they run their software from china oh okay well that makes i mean that makes more sense i i mean i suppose that like to a large to at least some extent i would imagine that all the watchmakers have that that type of scenario although i guess i don't know for sure yeah. Hmm. Uh, Dr. Semi says, hello from Turkey. I bought the Volmer 14. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad you enjoy it. That was a good shoe. That was the first all-react shoe. 
Well, I mean, it came up. I mean, there was the epic react, but then after the epic react, I think in terms of like the like that the more traditional Nike running line, I think the Vomero 14 came first. Uh, Rainrunner says, I feel silly that I purchased a Triumph 17 a few weeks ago at 120 because now it's $90 on Running Warehouse. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a bummer when that happens. Like, and I think that that's to a large extent, that's why a lot of, uh, like, I think that in retail, running retail especially, they've had uh, kind of a mixed relationship with, like, launch dates and release dates. I think they're now understanding that, like, you know, you 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 specify a release date because then it builds uh, anticipation and excitement for it. You get people on pre-orders and stuff. I think previously they were really worried about like eating into um, potential sales of the previous version in like the month before the new version comes out. And I don't know if that's more something that the retailers wanted because I don't. I think at that point the amount of money that like the uh, shoe manufacturer makes is limited right they've already made their money it's the retailer like the last mile retailer that would take a bigger hit if they can't sell it at a higher price so i but i think that that i mean i think that's going to change more we're going to see more of that more people are going to there's going to be release dates it's going to be on calendars it's going to yeah so but it is it's, a, it's definitely a bummer but on the other hand you still did get a really great shoe that is a value at 120. Daniel M says, I don't know if this sale is still on, but I caught a couple of Nathan Mirage belts for $5 at Nathan's website. Whoa, that sounds very cheap. But Ross W says, the Nathan belt really didn't work for me. It lost its elasticity very quickly, so it slides down from the second I start running. Oh, that's got to be so frustrating. Um, yeah, sometimes with my with my flip belt, um, so lately it's been real hot. So I've been running with just like short shorts and no shirt, but I'll still have the flip belt. Uh, from time to time depending on the length of the run and you know when i get home uh i don't want to bring in all my like dripping sweaty stuff home even though there's you know not that much but you know i'm outside and i'm take when i take off like the the flip belt i'm always very concerned that i'm accidentally just gonna like grab a waistband and just go full nude um that's not that related to uh a flip belt sliding down or a nathan belt sliding down but that's it just made me think of that like, I'm very concerned that I'm accidentally just going to be, like, dripping with sweat and naked in, like, the driveway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're already the weird ones in the neighborhood. That would make it even weirder. <laughs> well, uh, Martha says... Talk Ooh... Uh, okay, well, Rainwater says it was still discounted from one. Yeah, I thought that 120 wasn't the normal purchase price, so you still got a pretty good deal. Uh, but not as good as 90 for sure. Uh, Carrie S says, is the Zoomfly line dead? I, I think it is. I think so. Um, yeah, which is weird because I think that a lot. I think a lot of people really loved it, but I don't think a lot of women loved it. I saw very few women running in that shoe. Well, which is weird because I see a lot of women running in the um, in Vaporfly, but not really a lot in the Zoomfly. And I think a lot of it was weight and just like the th like a thick stack height of React foam is kind of, sometimes can be difficult to run in. Mm. Clark Kent says, "Did you hear about the Ghost Pacer? It's a Kickstarter project, and what you do is you put on these sunglasses and it displays a virtual holographic runner." 
that makes you, matches the pace you want to run. Yeah, I saw an ad for it on Instagram, and um, I think I took a screenshot of it and was like WTF on um, on Twitter because uh, it it just looks goofy. I mean, I've I've run with I mean I run with a selfie stick, so like I know what running goofy looks like. That I'm not sure, because then you have to run with like the hologram thing on, and I just uh, I know it's augmented, right? So it's not like uh, you wouldn't be able to see what's going on around you, but I I I, I want to see someone else do it first before I try it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, I like the idea because like um, it reminds me of all those like racing, like race car games. Like you remember in Gran Turismo, they used to have that where you had to like beat a time trial. I mean, I think the last Gran Turismo that I played was Gran Turismo 2, but um, but I like that. It's uh, It makes you think about your lines. It makes you think about pacing. I mean, lines are not as important in running, but uh, yeah, I think it could be a really interesting idea. And I think that I would actually really like it for a person like myself who has a very hard time dialing in pace. So if someone's like, run a seven-minute mile, mm, okay, maybe I can do that. Run a 7.10 mile. Uh, now run a 7.15? I'm, I'm not sure. All right. I can I can run a mile that's close to all three of those maybe. You know what I mean? So I have a hard time like very, being very precise with pace. Or like always knowing, like like let's say we are running a, a, a threshold run and someone's like, what pace are we running right now? I'd be like, uh, I don't know. So, yeah. So I think that would be helpful, but I just, uh, I, I love the idea. Like, I wish the idea of Google Glass didn't die so fast. But, um, like, wearing, like, augmented reality goggles to run seems, I just feel like the technology is not light enough to be there. Uh, Bert Lagessa, today I gave my, oh, see, as soon as I start reading, it jumps. Um, where'd it go? Where's Bert's comment? Okay, today I gave my Odyssey React Shield 2 a second chance. I'm going to put it back on the rotation as my only neutral shoe and use it for short study runs, max 10 miles. Oh, okay. Isn't it hot to be running in the Shield 2, though? Because I feel like that'd be a pretty warm shoe to run in. I had an all-black pair of those, but I actually never got a chance to run them. I gave them to Seth to, to give away or donate, but um, because I was like, eh, it's... It was March. I was like, I'm not going to run in these now. Uh, Andrew Kish says, New Balance 1080 or the Beacon 3? Good question. I would probably pick the Beacon 3 personally because most of the Max Cushion shoes, I, I'm not a huge fan of. I enjoy them. I understand exactly why they exist. There are times when I want a pair. And like really, like this is the perfect shoe for how I'm feeling today. But it, I get much more use out of a daily trainer like the Beacon 3. I still don't, haven't tried the Beacon 3 yet. I think if it's like the Beacon 2, um, which I, th I think it is, uh, that's my understanding, because it's just it's still Fresh Foam, not Fresh Foam X. So I think it's going to be very similar to Beacon 2, and I'm all about that, because that was a great shoe. All right. Chris Dyke says, I think yesterday there was a combo about Skechers. I would love to try their shoes if there was if it wasn't triple the cost to buy them in Canada. Is that true? Really? Oh, because then you lose like a major part of the value proposition of that shoe. 
it's a it's a great shoe and it's cheaper right i mean that's kind of the idea um if it caught wow I, that's i i had no idea i had no idea i mean they're hard enough to buy because you can't go to like a, even if you are, are lucky enough to have a sketchers outlet or like a sketchers store near you like the person that works there isn't going to be like oh you want the razor three let me they're over this way they're not going to know that because they have to I don't know if they have to know. I don't know what their knowledge base is, but they're also selling like the 6,000 versions of the Skechers Go Walks that exist. And then the other Skechers shoes that are designed to look like other companies' shoes that also exist. And then the kids' shoes and the wheelies and then the light-up shoes and all that. They all sell that in the same store. So like you can't like, it's hard to go to a store and get them. And then, yeah, I mean, the only way is to really like I don't know a lot of people that aren't buying them online. How else are people getting them? Hmm. Ilya Kim is here. Says, hey everyone, what's going on? Rick Vegas says, nude running is popular in Germany. Is that true? Is that a thing? Uh, do you wear minimalist shoes when you do that? Or do you wear no... I mean, when they say nude running, do you have to be completely naked? Like no shoes even? Like what's the appropriate shoe for that? I mean, do you think there are faux pas? Like if you go to like nude running in Germany and you show up in like alpha flies, are people going to be like, dude, you're trying too hard. Like, you know, kind of like if people, when people wear their vapor flies to go on like a, a, an easy long run, you know, is it, is there like that? Does that still happen? Or is like the people not even, you don't even notice feet at that point? Maybe. I don't know. It's <laughs> such a strange idea. Um, Corian says, Hey, Code, do you have a stretch routine? I've been doing uh, Med for Mortals AIS routine, active isolation stretching with a rope, and it may help the knee. I don't, I, I, that sounds fun. I want to try that. I want to try Med for Mortals active isolation stretching. I don't really have a stretch routine. What I've been doing lately the past couple of weeks is um, I've set it up so the start of my route is not just like the end of the driveway here, it's a little bit further away. Um, and so, uh, like closer to town center. And so I have to walk a little bit. And as I'm walking, I'm kind of like doing some kind of warm up y type of drills, mostly just like knee and hip mobility kind of things, you know, like opening the gate, shutting the gate. If you, if you've seen that like drill, um, and then like high knees and some butt kicks. So I'll do a little bit of that stuff along the way, just to kind of like get things mo like moving a little bit, uh, loose and warmed up, I guess. Uh, it's whatever kind of feels right is what I do. I don't have a set thing. And then I've been trying to do my like leg strength routine, which is like single leg squats and not single leg lunges. And then I guess all lunges are single leg lunges, reverse lunges, squats, uh, side lunges and, uh, uh, single leg deadlifts. I call them supermans, but I think that's what they're called. Super single leg deadlifts. So I've been doing that afterwards. Uh, I, what I think I need to introduce more of is, um, they're called a couple of different things. Um, we called them karaoke's in high school. Uh, my running coach called them karaoke's, not karaoke's, karaoke's, but it's something where like you like cross your leg over in front, cross your leg over behind as you're going like laterally sideways. You go do that back and forth. Uh, I think I need to probably start incorporating some of that because I think my, my lateral hip strength and or like the muscles around my knee are weak. That's my uh, hypothesis. But I like this Med for Mortals AIS routine. Hmm. 
I'll have to look into that. Uh, <laughs> Rainrunner says, nude running, isn't it called streaking? <laughs> yeah, yes, that's true. That's true. That's big in colleges around here. <laughs> hmm, let's see. <laughs> Martha says, nudity in general seems popular in Germany. You know, I wouldn't know. I don't No, I've never been to Germany. I, I would really like to go. I really want to do uh, the Berlin Marathon and then stick around for Oktoberfest. I think I mentioned that before on a live stream. Uh, yeah. Steve Ehrenberg says, I'm pretty happy with my three-shoe rotation right now. Hyperion Tempo, 1080, and New Balance 1500. I don't see anything out there uh, now. I'm coveting. Very nice. Very nice. Brooks and two New Balances. Very good. Um... Let's see, JPage says, I have the ZoomFly 3 and found it for around $75. Awesome, very cool. Like, I remember when I was running with uh, the Nike team, the team is not the right word, but like the, the Nike people, I mean, we were a team, we considered ourselves a team. Um, last uh, last summer and fall for the Chicago Marathon, they gifted, I think, the women a pair of the ZoomFly 3s. I don't think I ever saw any of them wear it. Like they say, they wore they all wore them like once, and then they they preferred the turbos and the Pegasus much more. Uh, well, Henry Liss says I was able to grab a pair of brand new Clifton ones for forty dollars. Did I fall into a meme trap? Whoa, no. But the Clifton ones for uh, are they? I mean, it must be the re-release Clifton ones, because like the original Clifton ones. I mean, maybe if you could find them somewhere. Hmm. Luis Ribeiro says, I guess the Tempo Next Percent replaces Zoomfly and the Turbo lines. I think so. I'm, like, I'm not really sure why they got rid of the Turbo. I, I really like love that shoe. Um, but it's it's weird. I they like I think it's it's almost as if like Nike created like a marathon and much more, more longer distance running shoes and then now is like running away from it. I'm shying away from that market because everything else seems to be now like catering to people that like five or five K is a long distance. So people that are like on the track. Uh, so there's more spike, like two different new spikes now. Um, and there's just a lot more stuff for much, much shorter distance. It seems. Uh, let's see. Let's do a couple more. Uh, Kevin Scott says, am I obsessed if I own eight, eight different Reebok running shoes? I think you are if you do because like are, are they there must be multiple of the same model right because I don't think there are eight Reebok running shoes I do have a pair of Reebok shoes coming um, it's it'll be interesting it'll be very interesting I'm super excited for it I don't remember what they're called and uh, I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about it yet I, I don't remember because some of the stuff you know, they're like, oh, yeah, talk it up. Other times they're like, oh, we're trying to do this, like, coordinated thing, so don't talk about it before a certain date and time. So I don't know. But I do have Reeboks are coming. So uh, Clark Ken says, I have to leave to my seventh period geometry class. Boring. LOL. I'll make sure to update you on my ring parks next week. Peace. See you later, Clark. It's awesome. I just, I mean, Clark Kent, I just think of Superman every time I read that. So I feel like I'm talking to Superman. It, it, it makes my day. Um, Shannon Side says, have you ever tried compression therapy? 
tab hunter. I first did it after tough workouts, the cycle that I BQ'd, and I really think it helped me recover in training. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I know that wasn't to me, but I, I like the question about compression therapy. Is compression therapy, Shannon, the same thing as like, like the, the compression boots like that? I really like it. It's very relaxing. I don't know if it actually helps, but I find the experience like auditorily, like that you hear and that you feel very uh, relaxing. It's a very rhythmic um, and it makes you like do nothing. Like, like I like it, take a shower and then hop into the boots, you know, and you just like clean hair, just finished a really tough workout. And then, yeah, feels good. Uh, JC says Mark Clark Kent is a mild mannered geometry student. <laughs> yeah. Mark Green says Kofuzi Poetry Series. Always here, sometimes with beer. <laughs> Runs quite fast, fresh foam blast. Kofuzi, no fear to take it from here, more to come. Sweet. That's nice. I like that. Did you just come up with that right now? Amazing. Uh, and Zumbar says, just checked. I have six pairs of hokas. They're all different, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I have uh, three pairs of hokas right now. Another one just came. So I think I have four now. But, um, yeah. Phil Orman says, ruffles or lays? I'm a ruffles guy. I like the, they're more rigid. They're better at picking up dip. Um, lays, I think, are too thin. And so, like, I just feel like you're eating, like, if they could find a way to make oil or a fat, like, basically it's like a vegetable version of eating crispy chicken skins sometimes because they're so greasy uh, and they're so thin. So you get a lot of crunch, and I think that that's an enjoyable experience for a lot of people. But, like, I just feel, like, just gross after I eat them. Um... Ryan Bradley says, would Superman go faster at next percent? I'm not sure. He doesn't run. I've never, I'm, does Superman ever run? Why would you if you could fly? Here's the thing that I don't understand about Superman. If he could fly fast enough to basically time travel, like how is anything able to stop him, right? Like the wind speed required to be that he'd be able to tolerate, to be able to go that fast, right? Like, I, I, it just it, like the the mythology that stopped me. I mean, here, here I, I get it. We're talking about a superhero, and I'm also asking it to follow certain laws of physics. It's kind of a conundrum. It's like the sci-fi conundrum, right? You're you have to like believe something else that doesn't make sense, and then you get mad when it's not like consistent with other things that are supposed to make sense. So I don't know. Um, Shannon said <laughs> that was a weird aside. Shannon says in terms of uh, the like the compression boots. I don't, I don't know why I'm doing this when I do compression boots. Um, I'm sorry, I keep looking at my, I, I can see my monitor over here. Like it's really dark all of a sudden and I don't, the wind's picking up. So we might, that storm might be finally coming in. Um, but Shannon says in terms of like the compression boot, let me check, change that a little bit, uh, that she definitely thinks it's relaxing, but I think it really gets the blood flowing in the legs, which helps the fluid build up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I like I just wish it didn't cost twelve hundred dollars to buy a pair. Like I mean I know you can get some for nine hundred, and then they make shorter ones that kind of like just do the knee, 
And then you can buy like an additional like attachment that then gets your thighs like later to try and make it a little bit cheaper. But I, I don't, I, I really have a hard time understanding it why it costs so much. But I also feel like, you know, because they do cost a lot, it makes like having like a, if you have a gym that you go to um, or a place that you train at, like uh, that has those available. Like when I was at Edge Athlete Lounge, I mean, I wasn't a member, but that's where we were training with the Nike team. Um, and like seeing that, like that makes like having the Edge Athlete Lounge, like that kind of place. Uh, a really compelling uh, option because then like you know you you need it for a little while maybe you don't want to spend twelve hundred dollars i mean you end up probably spending that much on the membership after several months but then it's like you know you're also getting other benefits from being there too and so you get to try like the theraguns the different kinds of foam rollers the different kinds of uh boots and just the, all the she had the lasers have you guys done lasers and stuff too that you can like massage your leg just poking lasers at yourself that I, I never tried that but that kind of blew my mind too um but yeah i do wish i had a pair of those because then i also feel like visually it's a really great signal to like i'm in relaxing time leave me alone please which i feel like you know when you have kids it's really important to have like visual signals that like not right now this is daddy time kind of thing. Um, I don't know how well my kids would be able to respect that kind of boundary. And I probably would encourage them to be like, no, come over, we'll read a book or something together. But um, I do feel like that's like, like if I had like headphones on and like Norma Tech boots on, I, I mean, I think that's a pretty good sign to the rest of the world to like, you know, let me be for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I just really want a pair of those boots. I, I keep, I, I'm like, I keep hoping that like, one day, I'm, I know Hyperice will never, Hyper, Hyperice, Hyperice will never do it since they bought Normatec. So I'll probably never get like a, a review pair of Normatec boots <laughs> sent to me. Uh, but I would love it if they did. Jeff Elliott says he's a Hoka fanboy here. He's got the Speedgoat 3, Clifton 6, and two pairs of retired Clifton 6. And one pair of retired Rincon. That is a lot. That's a lot. I mean, I think that's like a, a, a testament to a really good shoe is when you buy it in the same year multiple times. Uh, Brian Cook says, you mentioned recently that you might be getting some Brooks Catamounts. Any updates? Uh, yeah, I don't have any updates, unfortunately, and I don't have them yet. But as far as I know, someone's planning on sending them to me. So I, I haven't followed up, but I sent them. They asked me if I was interested. I said yes. And then I, they have my address here. So hopefully that happens soon. Matt Legrand says, on the recovery boot front, there's some very affordable options. I use Air Relax. I think some of you guys have been mentioning Air Relax. Probably 90% as, 98% as good as the more expensive brands. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely um, look into that. Michael says, can we bring back phone in Friday? Uh, I, I'm probably not going to. Um, that was kind of, maybe if like, if there's a day, like I think that could be a good special occasion thing, like every once in a while. But I, I don't know. I think that it was really hard to get into, a, like you were in rhythm and then you were out of rhythm, like when you were on the phone calls. And I thought that was kind of tough. Um, but it did, I did like it. Um, and there has been an update to that uh, studios app which brings back in video to it so I can do kind of like basically zoom calls 
um, with, I mean, I think, and what I've told YouTube about it, or I guess I was talking to Google people. What I told them is like, can we just make YouTube live streams as easy as Instagram live streams? That's really what I want. Just copy, make it exactly the same. Like I start a live stream, someone else requests to be in it. I click basically yes. And then we're talking and then we can both see the chat. Like that's kind of like the thing that I want to see. So it's more like real time. So, um, that was a really hard part was that like, there's delay on the live stream. Uh, and then like, so if you're watching it and then you're talking to me, like, it's really weird. Um, and so like people would have to like leave the room that the computer is in and then like talk to me and then you come back and then you were like, then you were lost and you were out of the conversation. So like, I think that was it. Shannon says no phone in Friday. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that uh, I might play around with that a little bit more. Um, and try it so like i think what i'd like to do is you know early on i went around and like basically asked everybody i know hey let's do like a live stream together um we did instagram live streams and that was fun because then they could see the comments and it's like better than like a zoom that's live streamed you know so i think maybe we'll do that a little bit um and get some more people in here again so i think we can make the rounds one more time so i think that'll like we'll figure it out we'll get some kind of phone in e in e stuff because then like you know then Especially if I have a guest, too, then you can ask someone else a question, which I think would be fun, too. Um, Jeff Elliott says, maybe a pre-recorded voicemail type setup with us submitting questions or comments. I've thought of that, too, uh, because that's an option on Anchor. Anchor gives you, like, um, an option, like, you just send the link, and then people can send, like, pre-recorded questions. So maybe that's something that we can do here. Um, I wonder, is that a better... I feel like that's something that you would you guys want to see that as a video like i'm like all right guys give me a video question or an audio question and there'll be like a q a video or would that be better as a i think that'd be better as a live stream because then you guys can interact with it too yeah so all right well well i will think of something we got to make we got to find something for friday or maybe something a saturday something we'll, we'll figure something out all right, so live stream definitely is what Jody Run says. Martha says the interaction will be more fun. So, all right, so let's go for it. Let me let me start calling up people again, and uh, or if not, maybe we'll just do the phone. Maybe we'll do the phone like the the voicemail, voicemail Friday doesn't work. Uh, we'll do that first, and then we'll be, maybe we'll bring some other people in. So let's try that. All right, I'm gonna leave it there for today. Uh, it's getting dark, so I think we're gonna make sure everything is gets gets brought in that's outside that can't get wet uh yeah so that's what i'm gonna do hope you guys have a good weekend hope you have a good long run this weekend uh the coros video will be up tomorrow uh, my very very i mean to do a, a video of a watch like after one run is ridiculously early uh but this whole channel is kind of ridiculous so we're gonna do that and then we'll do another live stream in the afternoon same time hopefully i see you guys there in the meantime be safe out there on your runs and i'll see you in the next one everybody thank you